0: What we're going to do tonight is what I often in years past said, we're going to graze in the pasture of God tonight. It's going to go verse by verse, and that's what I want to do, and I don't know how far we'll get, but we'll see how it goes. Verse chapter number 15. Now keep in mind that when you get to chapter 12 in Romans, Paul turns away from all the doctrinal certainties about salvation, sin, salvation, all that, and and even about Israel as, as, as separate from the church and so forth. And then he moves into chapter 12 into practical Christianity and church life and dealing with people. And um, a big thing with me is this. uh, Being able to weather the storms of trouble and trial and still love your brethren. And uh, I said to somebody this week, a lot of men in this church, I've been going to church with them a long time. And one of the reasons they're so dear to me is because I've, I've watched them weather the storms of when it wasn't easy to love each other. Yeah. You got aggravated each other and didn't understand each other and, and misunderstandings and so forth, but you just still love each other. And there's a higher cause than my feelings. Amen. And Paul's kind of dealing with a lot of that stuff in the latter part of Romans. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something, it's going to be good to get to heaven, amen? amen. It's going to be good to get to heaven. Well, Paul said in that verse number one, we then that are strong... We then that are strong. I, I don't know, boy. I tell you, I can't. I don't think I can claim that. <clears throat> but the truth about it, He said, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak in a church. There's always going to be people that are strong in the Lord. Uh, they're maybe at a particular time in their life, things are going good. They're walking with God. They're going to be, or they're older Christians and they're strong in the Lord. They've been through trial. They're kind of like an old tree that's been whipped by the wind and storms. By old roots is way down there. And, ha- and they just, they've weathered the storm and they're strong. But there should be, there should be in churches, new Christians that are weak. Yeah. They don't understand. They were told maybe or had the idea that if I get saved, a lot of things are going to get happy, happy, happy. And it got bad, bad, bad. Yeah. And they don't understand and they're weak. God says that we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. I want to say we ought to bear their infirmities instead of chewing them out
1: right. yeah.
0: Yeah. and condemning them and stomping on them. We ought to bear their infirmities. Yeah. People go all the time in this church. It, it shocks me the stuff that I don't know that happened. Yeah. Today I found out a terrible thing happened to a person in this church several months ago. I did not know it till today. And my heart just reached out to them. Yeah. And uh, we ought to bear the infirmities, you know, the weak. Now, watch what it says here, and not to please ourselves." Now I'm going to tell you something that's so antithetically opposite of me yeah. that it's unreal.
1: <laughs>
0: right. uh, my whole life, apart from Jesus Christ, is, as the whole goal is to Reggie you to be pleased. Yeah. You look what it says here: not to please ourselves." Sure. Well, to bear, I'm tell you something. Look around you. You say, Reggie, what do we take up widows offering for this morning? What do we want give it to us? to help those that may be weak, those that have a need? Be a blessing to people and help them along the road. And not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ, and here it is please not himself. Isn't that something? That, I'll be honest with you, that's a level of Christianity I've never gotten to. I still think life's about me mostly. <laughs> but biblical Christianity is about not pleasing ourselves. Serving the Lord is not about pleasing ourselves. No. Ministry is not about you. I'll tell you something, but we was talking to Brother Danny uh, before church. Danny' had been such a blessing to me in life. Danny helped me in auctions for years and years one of the best Raymond that ever was in this country. He knew when he knew when to bother him and he knew when to leave him alone. <laughs> but we' was talking about things, and uh, uh, you know, you never know what somebody else is going through that you 're sitting near. and uh, we 're talking about being friendly. I want to tell you something. It ain't about you coming over and saying, Reggie, how are you, and shake my hand. It's about me getting out of my seat and coming over to you and saying, how you doing? Amen. 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 I want to tell you something. People need a little bit of word of encouragement. There's a man, he's probably listening right now, from Humble, Texas. I think he's a retired Air Force pilot. I'm not sure. He texts me every Sunday morning after the service. I can promise you that when I get out to my truck and look at my phone, he has texted me a word of encouragement. Amen. And I never met the guy in my life, but boy, I sure like to I told him, I said, "Man, I wish you'd come to camp meeting." Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But boy, he just encourages me and strengthens me, and, and he reaches out and he takes that time, and he's not a young. he's an elderly man. But we ought to try not to please ourselves and try to please our neighbor, be a blessing to them. They're good to edification. For even Christ, verse number three, please on itself as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Hmm. You're talking about bearing people's burden whenever their reproach. You come in here and I, I have no idea how somebody may have chewed you out at work this week. I may have no idea how some uh, person that you were working for got mad and all dissatisfied and all ticked off and, you come in here with a burden, you know. I, I need to be willing to shoulder that burden. Amen. You need to be able to come in here and say, well, "At least I'm among friends, yes. people who care about me and how what I'm going through in life." Well, the verse number four is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. For whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning. Now, aforetime is what Old Testament. Okay, whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning. You know, Paul said, I have learned to be content. It didn't come natural. I've learned to be content. And God says, I wrote you this Old Testament so you could learn from it. And here's what he said, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a big, big uh, promoter of hope. You've got to have hope buckets of it. Amen. Amen. I believe I'll tell you what. And hope is not wishing. I've said this a thousand times at this church. Hope is knowing that what God said he'll do, he's going to do. You ain't monkeying around with your mind.
1: Um,
0: And hope is, is knowing that what God said he would do, if he said he'd save you, he saved you. Amen. If he said he forgave you, he forgave you. Amen. If he said, i went away to prepare a place for you, that's what he's done. Amen. If he said, I'm coming back for you, that's what he's going to do. That's my hope is his, his word of God. And and so you say, Richie, how's that work? Well, I get to reading about old Abraham over there. And uh, Abraham one day said to his wife, head down toward there, said, I think you need, you need to lie for me today. He said, these boys might think you're pretty. And they might kill, you, kill me to have you. Yeah, right. So he said, would you just tell him you're my sister? Yeah. Abraham, the father of faith, yeah. told his wife to lo- lie for him. Yeah. And then one day his wife suggested to him because she couldn't have children and they ought to get a handmaid. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty good idea.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I mean, how'd you like to have a household like that? And you just follow Abraham's life. And you know what? I see him going up and down and up and down. And I see him one day he's a he's in glory land doing what God wants to. The next day he's down in the cellar, <coughs> messed up as he can be. That are you Amen. That gives me hope, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Those men weren't perfect either. Amen. Those men had bad days. They had seasons in their life when they weren't doing too well spiritually. Amen. I look at David, I get a lot of hope out of David. Amen. But I'll tell you one thing. If God can forgive David, he can forgive me. Amen. Amen. If God can love David, he can love me. If God can give David grace, he can give me grace. Look look at what your Bible said. They're written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures. Comfort of the Scriptures. Read your Bible. Read about those men. You say, well, I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Read Jonah. There's more than one way to Nineveh.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can either go in the fish's belly or walk, amen, but you're going. You know, you, you learn from these people. And you learn that God maybe had to chastise them, but he still nurtured them along. And he, he finally got him where they need to be. And I tell you, you could just read about all those people in the Bible, and there's just numerous people. Read about Joseph. You think you've been treated bad by your family? Well, have they sold you into slavery yet? Have you been carried off down in chains, sold as a slave, lied on, put in prison because you did what was right? I get done reading that, I thought, it ain't such a bad day after all. <laughs> Amen? Right. I get comfort from the scriptures, and that's what God wants us to do and so we can have hope. And I could just go on that. You could go to the, you could actually, if you want to just write something down, mentally write down, read Hebrews 11, and it'll just talk about all those people. And it'll tell you the truth about them. And it'll make you understand some of the things that doesn't tell you back in the Old Testament. And I'm telling you, it's a blessing. And you see what God did for them. Some of you ladies, you may be discouraged. Aggravated. Life's not been good. Go back and read about them ladies. Know those women of the Old Testament. What a blessing it is to read about them and their faith in the Lord and their failures. And how God had mercy on him, read about Ruth. You know? Read about Esther. How'd you like to be married off somebody you didn't have no interest in?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Forced into it. think you've had a bad day? You think your husband's not there's one time you thought he was nice, at least you married him <laughs> willingly, hopefully. Anyway. I don't see many shotgun weddings these days, do you? No. Now watch something here in verse number five. Now the God of patience. Now there's three, going to be three things in this chapter God's going to be described as the God of. One is the God of patience. How many glad you serve a God of patience tonight? Amen. How many say, Reggie, he's been patient with me. Amen. Whoa, he's been patient with me. I'll tell you what I told God this week, I was walking across my yard, and I said, God, if I was you, would throw me in hell and forget about it.
1: Yeah.
0: I wouldn't put up with me. That's honest, thinking truth. My daddy used to say, I don't know why God don't throw this whole mess in hell and start over again. He's a God of patience. He'd been patient with us, hadn't he? Patient with me, I can tell you that for sure. God of patience and he's a God of consolation. That comes where you get the word console or to comfort. He's a God that'll console you. I want to ask you a question. Now, I know what, let's get a little experimental, but it, it, you can't, I, I can't help it. How many ever been out and you've just been brokenhearted and tore up and just say like the Holy Ghost put his arm around you He yeah. said, Reggie, I ain't left you. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it through this. It's going to be all right. And God just comforted you, confirmed his love to you, confirmed that he's got it. You can put it in his hands. It's going to be All right. He is a God of consolation. He's a God of consolation. Boy, I tell you, I hope she'll forgive me, but Sister Rachel sitting up here this morning, man, I tell you, I never in my life forget uh, her husband's death and funeral. I, I've never seen a woman hurt so bad in my life. as that girl right there. Now, I'm sorry, Rachel, but I'm just no preacher. But I tell you, I, I can remember seeing her sitting in that chair and I walked in the side room of that funeral home. And I can remember she just shook from the bottom of her feet to the top of her head just shaking and trembling and you know what's happened to my life I just got married my husband's gone yeah. what are you talking about I remember I remember kneeling down there beside her in chair and saying, God ain't no way in the world I can comfort this girl God if you don't comfort her All right. God if you don't help her I'm going to tell you now, he's the God of patience. He's the God of comfort. Amen. Grant you to be at odds with each other all the time. <laughs> Look at your Bible. Verse number five. Grant you to be like-minded one toward another. Now it tells you not just in anything and everything, according to Christ Jesus. We got a guy here at church that prays every once in a while on Wednesday night. I don't think. I think he's honeymooning tonight, brother. Um, this is getting pathetic. This is getting Tommy Medlock. If you ask him to pray, how many knows that nearly every time he'll mention this, he'll say something about uh, with uh, like-minded believers. That's biblical. He says that he, somehow that comes out of his prayer about like-minded. You, you listen. He probably never did it again since I said it. But for years I've heard him pray. He talks about like-minded believers. And you know, it's good to be in like-mindedness. How many of you couples like to be in like-minded? Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you something. We need to be, and we, need, we can be, and we should be like-minded in Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep moving. Verse number six, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. Boy, I tell you, that's why I like reading the Bible together here on Sunday morning. We're with one mind and one mouth. See, like-minded, same Bible. You get to singing. You got that? That's, that's, that's where it's all at. He said that one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Verse number seven. Wherefore, if they're from the north, do not receive them. <laughs> If they're from the south, kick them out. (laughs) Wherefore receive ye one another. Well, I would say in my little old mind that one of the most amazing things to me in this church over all these years now is all the people that God sends in. They're so different. Can you imagine having to, I always pick on him, Don's in. Now, Don, I, I had to I an but I'm going to tell you something. There, how many knows there's people you just kind of hit it off with, and there's people you don't just necessarily hit it off with? Doesn't mean you don't like them or don't appreciate them, but you just don't connect with them or maybe have things in common. You're just, just a little bit different there. But he said, receive you, one another. I'm going to tell you something. I told one of my sons today, or maybe two of them, I don't have good discernment about people. My dad did. I've never seen my dad miss. I'm just being honest with you, I've never seen him this. If he told you somebody to watch him, you better watch him. If he told you you can trust that man, you could trust him. I, am not, I do not have that gift. But there's a reason I don't have that gift. Now, my dad was just, I mean, he just was that way. I'll tell you why I believe God didn't give me that gift. When somebody walks through that door, it's not my job to start saying, I don't think I like him.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I need to receive, if he's saved, the brother in Christ, I need to receive him put up 3 John verse number 10 on the wall. Watch this. And I'm going to ask you tonight, ask yourself, have I received people? Have I received people? Uh, Third John verse number 10. No, uh, the John, the Third John I'm sorry, uh, not Gospel John, but the Third John. There you go. Go back up to verse number 9 if you will. Let's see here. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, did what? Them not. He would not receive Paul. Yeah. Or John, I'm sorry, John. Yeah. Wherefore, if I come, I'll remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and cast them out of the church." Can you imagine somebody, John the Beloved, saying we don't want you in church? I'm going to tell you something. A church that will not receive people is a dead, dying church. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God will just move away. And I tell you, we need to receive people in, in, in Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean we put up with everything or all that, but we need to receive them. They're people that Christ died for. Now, I'm going to tell you what, boy. I had a deal happen this week. And, boy, I mean, when it happened, I was in the car or I was in the truck. And I mean, this gal, she cut in front of me. And I'll tell you, I had a load of logs on. And I'll tell you what, what she did was wrong, wasn't right. <clears throat> Lord, you know it's the truth. So help these people to understand. You know what went through my mind? You, old Sal. isn't that terrible
1: <laughs>
0: and about the time she got away from me the Holy Spirit said Reggie Christ died for her Christ died why you got that kind of attitude just cause somebody pulled a bad stunt in front of you isn't that pitiful I hate to admit that I just do but it, anyway <clears throat> why do I always have to tell them myself for? <laughs> all right. Verse number seven. Wherefore receive you one another as Christ uh, also received us to the glory of God. How did Christ receive you? Well, now you fix up and get everything just right and you, you get you get better and do better and live better and all that and quit this and quit that and I'll receive you. no. Yeah. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Just as I am, I come, Lord. Amen. Save first unleavened bread afterward. Amen. All right. Verse number eight. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. Now, what's he mean by that? He was a minister to the Jewish people. Watch this. He came into his own and his own received him not. Jesus' ministry primarily was to the Jewish people, okay, as the Messiah, all right? Now, watch what happens. For the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that's what he did with his life and his death, he confirmed the promises that was given to the fathers of the Jewish nation. Now, verse number nine, watch this, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. Now all down through here about four times, Paul is going to quote out the Old Testament about the prophecies of the Gentiles becoming partakers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse number 10, and again he says, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. Verse number 11, and again... Remember, look, look at that verse number nine up there said, as it is written, where if you've got a good reference Bible, it will tell you back in the book of Psalms and the book of Isaiah, where, where he's quoting out of the old Testament about the future prophetic deal. By the way, I'm going to say this and I want you to tell me there's something happened during the the presidency of uh, Dwight David Eisenhower that fulfilled the old, an old Testament prophecy. And I want you to think about it. when I get done, I'll ask who knows what that is. It was fulfilled in the United States during the time of Dwight Eisenhower's presidency. A prophecy was fulfilled. He said in verse number 10 again, he says, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord all ye Gentiles and laud him, all ye people. What does it mean to laud the Lord? Praise him. Glory, give him glory. Honor, majesty. Laud the Lord. That's what the Gentiles, okay? Now, And uh, verse number 12, and again Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, the Lord Jesus, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. Can anybody tell me what happened in the 1950s in this country during Eisenhower's presidency that fulfilled that prophecy? Anybody know? The Congress... Voted and put into law to put on your money and your coinage in God we trust. And the prophecy that the Gentiles. Exactly the word in God we trust. That was a Gentile action of a Gentile nation called United States of America. If you want to know how far this nation has fallen from Dwight Eisenhower in 1950s. To 2070 years' time, which is basically my lifetime, we went to legislation to put in God We Trust on all of our monies, to where there's now people wanting it off the money. Yeah. Yeah. But in all honesty, that was a fulfillment of the prophecy of that book you have in your hand right there. When that happened, that was fulfillment of scripture. In Him shall the Gentiles trust. Now, verse thirteen. Now, the God of hope. Well, there it is again. He's a God of patience. He's a God of hope. He's a God of consolation and a God of hope. Fill you. Now, what's it mean to fill? The Bible said, "Be filled with the Spirit." I mean, fill her up. Amen. You ever pull that? You say, how many's ever lived long enough to know you pulled up a the service station and you said, "They said, how much do you want?" You he fill her up. <laughs> I, I pulled up and said, give me a dollar's worth. <laughs> I have. Seriously. Anybody else ever done that? I remember when gas, was the cheapest I remember it was 21 cents. Anybody remember less than that? I wasn't there. You wasn't there. Amen. I know you wasn't there. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> a guy told me the other day he remembered when it was 19 cents. 19
1: cents.
0: You remember 19 cents? Wow. But anyway, uh, God says that God of hope fill you with what? Come on now. Come on. All joy. How many can stand to fill up tonight? Oh, yeah. Amen. How many like pull up God's filling station tonight and say, "Lord, fill her up." Amen. Yeah. <laughs> How many can stand to fill up with joy?
1: Yeah.
0: The joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. How many knows this? Every day of your life, you're gonna wake up and devil sitting on the end of your bed said "You ain't gonna smile today. Just watch." Yeah. <laughs> Don't you try to smile. I'll knock it straight out. I'll knock your smiling teeth down. The devil just like getting up. I'll, I'll knock the joy right out of you. How yeah. I many I mean, besides me fights to have joy seem like?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he's just waiting on you. <coughs> if it ain't somebody else messing up, it's you messing it up. It's myself. And God says, I want to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Yeah. I don't believe God. I want to tell you something I have trouble with. Romans 8, What's it say? We know. We don't wonder. We know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. How many have got some issues in your life that you wonder how on earth is this going to work out for good? Anybody beside me? And the devil comes up, jumps up and says, "Sister, not tell me, but he, I'll be the devil. I can play the devil real good." Anyway, I tell you, can you, that's a lie. That, that is not true. Romans eight twenty eight is not true. Look, look around you. It ain't working. I was reading. I put on. I'm listening to Genesis, and when I go to bed night, boy, last night that story of Joseph and. His brother's coming, dragging in that coat of many colors to their daddy. Do you know whose coat this is? Well, it looks like that that special coat of Joseph's. Coat of many colors. Torn, ripped, bloody. And he said this without doubt. Joseph is rent in pieces. It was a lie. And I was listening to that and the Holy Ghost said, Reggie, that coat that I gave you of my blessing and my work in your life, the devil's lying to you Amen. just like he did Jacob. He's dragging it up and what it appears to be, that's why the Bible said we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. faith. Amen. Now the devil, them 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 people, it's like they, they want him to believe that there's no hope. Joseph's dead. By the way, I need to preach that old message when is not is again. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: For the rest of Jacob's life, till he till he saw Joseph, you know what he called him? He never mentioned his name. He said is not. Is not. One is not. He called him is not. One is. And for years. And by the way, did you know how Jacob reacted to that?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to go to my grave, grieving. Life has lost its purpose. My son's dead. He believed what he saw in front of his face. It got him. Be honest with you, he wasn't worth a flip nickel to God. The rest of his life. Nearly got down there, Pharaoh. After he'd seen Joseph again, and, 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 and Pharaoh asked him, "Well, how's it been?" He said, few and evil have been in the days of my life. Wow. Isn't that a wonderful? So that sounds like joy and peace and believing, don't it? Yeah. But let me just tell you something that happened to you. God will take your dreams and your hopes and he'll let the devil or the world right. or your fleshly mind right. drag it up and say, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Boy, I'm telling you what, the other night I was sitting there listening to that. Listen, to them lie there, Daddy. And I said, "Bless God, right there in bed." I said, "The Amen. devil's lying to me. God's going to write the last chapter." Yes, He is. The devil drugged that coat up, and it ain't like that. It's not what He's portraying it to be. Amen. He's lying. Amen. Well, you need to have hope and peace in what Amen. believing. The just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Wo oh, my well. Is Bonanza over yet? You know know he's old when you talk about Bonanza, right? Well, I'll be honest with you, I don't feel good, my throat's out, but uh, I love that verse. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may walk slowly and hard in hope. Abound in hope. Look at the word of God, fill you with joy. Abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to tell you something, you listen to me right now. Don't you ever forget a day in your life that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you if you're saved, and you've got a comforter lives within you, and you've got one that can, can carry the promises of God into the deepest part of your spirit in the midst of the worst trials you've ever had in your life. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that's a good place to quit. Amen. Who said amen? Oh, <laughs> I know I just teased you, man. Oh, my goodness. I thought, <laughs> i just going to teach you. You're a blessing. That lady right there can get more, more people to come to church than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I'm not kidding. that's a truth. God's give you a gift. Amen. I'm serious. I know what she smiles so much about. It's her husband.
1: Amen.
0: She's just so happy. <laughs> I wish he was here tonight. I'd give him a hard time. Amen. But that we're done tonight. Let's stand together. I want you to go home happy in the Lord. I want you to take these verses. Paul was finishing writing out this book, and boy, I tell you one thing. He gave us some good stuff. There's so much good stuff as he finishes up here. It's a blessing.